This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now. The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black today. An Odyssey original podcast. Also heard. Yes. Heard on the airwaves in our beloved of Las Vegas, Nevada on the bet. The bet Las Vegas. Yes, you can hear us on the radio. Also an Odyssey radio station, by the way. So thank you for joining us if you're listening there. And I say us. It's me. I'm Scott Goldbranson, your host, along with my co-host. And that is Mr. Mo Moten. Mo is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. Also Raiders columnist at SportsNot.com, where you can find my work as a writer as well. You can follow him on X.com at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Say it with me, Midtown Mo. All right, there you go. You can follow me as well at LV Gully. And the show is SNB Today. Uh, Mo, what a week. It's already started off. Um, you know, the Raiders are still – there's a lot of conversations in the NFL, but there's Raiders are still a conversation in the NFL. Like, people are talking about them just – and we're start we're continuing to hear these stories about Josh McDaniels, which we'll talk about in a second. But overall – excuse me. My voice is kind of giving out on me. But overall, uh, this is good. Everything around them, people seem to be very happy for them – they see the players. I was on a couple radio shows this week where people were like, I didn't like how they smoke cigars. So I I channeled you. I didn't talk about <laughs> banging women, but I did. <laughs> I did. I did defend them because I said, hey, look, if they did this every week after now, uh, yeah, I might be like, okay, guys, what are you doing? But in light of what happened, it made sense. Um, this kind of euphoria, remember, there's a football game coming. It's the New York Jets. Of course, we saw the New York Jets 
uh, this past Sunday night, excuse me, Monday night, and they uh, look terrible. They can't score. Their defense is still very good, though. So this Raider team's got to prepare. They got to focus on getting prepared for the Jets. Now they start practiced. They started to practice on Wednesday, of course, and um, you, you you get back into the rhythm of things. But any any concern on your part that all of this kind of oh you know the witch is dead, the wicked witch is dead, and moving on, or or you think uh, you think they'll be fine? You think they'll get through this and be like, okay, now it's time to get to business. I think it's already been about business. I think you're just seeing closer to what the Raiders team should be. Now, they're not going to score 30 points every week. I'm not trying to say that. But the team that we saw struggling to put up 21 on the scoreboard isn't the team I projected it to be. I believe we both were on the show and said the Raiders offense is good enough to score points with Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs in that offensive line mostly coming back. And we were surprised about their offensive struggles. We thought it was going to come from the defensive side of the ball, but the defense is actually making some strides. So with the defense making its strides and the offense looking more like it should look, I, I think it's the optimism is is palpable, but there's still some caution with Raider fans because, as we all know, Aiden O'Connell is still a rookie. Bo Hardegree is still a first-time play caller. So with that, you have, I don't want to say temper expectations, but you got to factor, at, factor that into what's happening going forward because now teams know, have an idea of what Bohard agree likes to do with his offense. Teams can get more film with Aiden O'Connell and they can counter some of the things that the Raiders are trying to do. So, well, I think it's already all business. I will say this test against the Jets is a big test because as you said, this is a top level, elite level defense, though I think they do have some issues in the, with their run defense. Yes, and listen, I know how Raider fans feel, at least the ones that talk to me. I shouldn't overgeneralize about Justin Herbert, but look what the Jets did to Justin Herbert. Held him to a 65 quarterback rating, 153 yards. Couldn't couldn't really get much going. Now you could oh it's because the Chargers suck. No, it's not just that. It's that defense is good, and and that's what keeps the Jets in games. I mean, if they could have scored any points, any points on Monday night, it would have been a much better game. So so I agree with you. I think the optimism for Raider Nation should continue. But it's hard. Every week is hard, man, in the NFL. I know. I mean, heck, you even play a bad team like Carolina. Anybody's capable of beating anyone on any given Sunday. So the Raiders got to keep that focus. And and they're kind of doing this victory lap. And it really is a testament to uh, the lack of leadership that they had under their former coach. And the, we heard the story. You and I talked about it on Tuesday's show, uh, the Jay Glazer story about uh, – about Pierce bringing up the Patriots and the Giants beating the Patriots, and then allegedly he said to Pierce not to mention the Patriots. Well, Max Crosby on Tuesday was on Bustin' with the Boys, of course with Will Compton, and said that the, the story wasn't true. Now, he did say the story wasn't true. Wasn't He said that McDaniels didn't come out and tell him that. Now, they might have told each other. He might have told him that in private. We don't know, and Max Crosby didn't hear it. But it was interesting because some of these these stories, Josh McDaniels was so bad, Mo, that it's becoming like Paul Bunyan-like <laughs> legends about his badness. So so it might, you know, it's like the telephone game. It starts off, well, yeah, that is 100 degrees. Well, no, no, it's 200 degrees. It just keeps growing in its epicness because he was such a failure. Um, but it was interesting, and Max focused on Man, I was more I was a little more upset that people talked outside that room. Like nobody should stare at a story, even if there wasn't. He said that wasn't true, but the fact that somebody would even say that. I you know, who knows what the truth is. 
But it's interesting that these conversations, and then suddenly, by the way, do you think it's any accident, my friend, that the Raiders are suddenly doing more interviews? Not an accident. I told people this before. I said, I, you know what I noticed after the Raiders win? Trayvon Merrick had a, had a post on the X. Yeah. J- Josh Jacobs had a post on the X. Now, he had some posts during his contract negotiations, but are you noticing that more Raiders are more active on social media? Jermaine Illuminar has usually been active, but he was he even posted he was after the win. But so, he just came back, yeah. Right. So Brandon Parker, who the Raiders just added back to their practice squad, had a post on the X. He's back with the team. So I, I, I think the, the whole, I, I don't want to call it, well, I'll say rumors about the Raiders had kind of a muzzle on them, couldn't really talk to the media or interact with the media under the Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziggler regime. I think there's some truth to that because now you're starting to see more players a little more vocal on their social media platforms, even though some of them had posts here or there. So I, like you said, there are going to be a bunch of stories that come out. There are going to be more stories. Wait till the off season. There are going to be more stories about Josh McDaniels <laughs> and his mannerisms because, but what I, what I will say about that is while we can't confirm or deny any of those stories, because you and I aren't there in the locker room, the players are, it's clear to me that he had an issue forming a bond and a relationship with his players and possibly some of his coaches. If yeah. Ian Rapport's report about the coaches and players calling him out is true and basically holding him accountable when he wasn't accountable at some of these press conferences, it's clear to me that he still has a problem with people. Not, I would say problem with people, but a problem with relationships. He, no doubt he knows his X's and O's. He knows how to script an offense. You know, Raider fans would debate that right now because the way the Raiders yeah. offense had been performing so poorly, but Part of being a leader is being able to connect with the people that you work next to. And clearly he struggles with that still. And and I wrote about this. I wrote about in my story on this, I wrote about the fact that as a leader, you can't just demand respect and loyalty. You can't just, you're, you're not Saddam Hussein. Okay. You're not somebody who's going to threaten you with death. You have to, you have to earn it and you have to get people to believe in you. It's, it's not just a dictate. So you, you have to be able to get this. This is why you see Antonio Pierce doing so well with the players. We'll see how he does on the field, but how he's built that bond with the players that you don't get, you tell people to follow you, but that's not enough. They have to believe in you to follow you. So all of this coming out just goes to show you that it doesn't matter what you know about X's and O's. So let's say Josh McDaniels, which he didn't show that much either, but let's say he's an offensive genius. doesn't matter. You have to get people to believe in you as a leader. And, and I think that the report came out too. It's, it's unverified, but I thought it was funny that reportedly one player said to him, I can't stand your face or something along those lines. <laughs> you know, you get in heated meetings and that happens. And, and usually that's in private. So we don't hear about it, but oh that's what gosh. happens when you have a, a leadership vacuum, Mo, is you have... That vacuum creates resentment and animosity, and that starts to permeate relationships with amongst the players too, right? They start to question each other. They start to question everything, and uh, it goes back to the decision. Even though this was all as a result of Mark Davis hiring this guy, he made it right. He made the tough call. He wrote the, what, $80 million worth of checks just to get these guys out of the building. So... You got to appreciate that. You got to appreciate the move forward. And I said, I've been saying this week about Antonio Pierce. He is saying everything right. I mean, to a T, it's remarkable, actually. When asked, you know, hey, you have an audition for this job. You have a chance to become the full-time coach. 
how do you think about it? He's like, I'm not worried. I'm worried about now. If you do now what you're supposed to and we work hard now, then I don't have to worry about that later. That'll happen, right? In essence is what he, I'm paraphrasing. And that's right because you can't control what happens eight days from now. All you can control is today. And in a week-by-week league, he certainly has them focused on the right thing. Whether they respond consistently is the question. The funny thing is I wrote a piece about Antonio Pierce's pathway to the full-time job because a lot of people have been asking you know, us, mm-hmm. what is it going to take? For Antonio Pierce to keep that job. So I wrote a piece up on Sports Night. It's up there right now. You can check it out. And I and I know a lot of Raider fans brought this up when Antonio Pierce was named interim, but he could follow the same pathway as the late great Hall of Famer John Madden. So John Madden was a defensive coordinator at San Diego State. Then he was the Raiders linebackers coach. Then he was the Raiders head coach. And I wrote and I highlighted that because you don't see that in today's NFL ro- no. world. Now, no. most of the time, to get hired, you have to be a coordinator or you have to coach the offensive side of the ball. Just go down the line. Mike McDaniel, some of the recent hires that have come. Sean Payton is a retread, but he was the former play caller. Just Kevin, go down a line of head yeah, coach. Kevin O'Connell. Kevin, Kevin O'Connell was the offensive coordinator under Sean McVay, but he you know, he worked with the quarterbacks, I guess. Uh, Taylor with the Bengals. He's another guy that was that was a quarterbacks coach. So nowadays in today's NFL – you either got to be calling the offense, calling the defense, D'Amico Ryan's in Houston, or you have to be a position coach coaching the offensive side of the ball. So you don't see defensive position coaches become head, head coaches. So if the Raiders were to retain him, I wrote this in the piece, it would be an unprecedented hire because it just doesn't happen nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays, teams just want – we want the best offensive play caller because it's all about offense, it's all about scoring points, or we want, we want a strong defense – D'Amico Ryan's again in Houston. So Antonio Pierce could follow in some rarefied air. John, Madden, the late great John Madden, did it in the 1960s. Let's see if Antonio Pierce can do it in the 2020s. <laughs> now you're going to get everybody fired up, Mo. There you go. There you go. Uh, but it's a great question, and, and the piece was awesome. I mean, I think, I think if you if you look at that, there's nothing to say it can't happen. It's just. It's just an uphill battle because especially like you said, you focused on today's NFL, right? And what's happening and how things kind of go down. Now, that doesn't mean Mark Davis has to do that, uh, but it would be hard to argue for him, even if the players love him to death, if if they win four games under his tenure, right? That would be tough. It would be a tough sell, I think. Even everybody would appreciate what he did and stepped in and how he got these guys in the right frame of mind. And I'm not saying that's what they're going to do is win just four more games. If he goes six and three, different story. If he goes, if, if it happens worse, whatever. But but they have, he has them believing. And so from that perspective, uh, leadership is so important. And and you can fill a guy in. He's got to be able to manage the game and whatnot. But you can fill in for him too. We'll see what happens on the offensive side of the ball. If he were to get the job, you know, he could bring in a high-powered offensive guy. There's all sorts of ways to handle that. So I invite Ch- people to... Go ahead. The, the biggest obstacle for a person like Antonio Pierce or even a defensive guy is if you bring in a good offensive coordinator, he's going to get interviews within two years and probably be <laughs> a head coach down the line. So you have to keep rotating through new offensive coordinators. So if you're going to be a head coach and you're not calling offensive plays, you better be able to identify some bright offensive minds because you're going to be cycling through coordinators every two to three years. Hey, Brian Dable might be available. <laughs> Who knows at this point because the Giants fans are definitely not happy. He's a but good offensive I, coordinator. I, I, I will say what else, what's also working in Antonio Pierce's favor, and I wrote this in the Sports Not piece, 
is the fact that Mark Davis's mindset going into this hiring cycle in the offseason. He to Sean Reed of the Athletic Shop to him reported that Mark Davis was locked into Josh McDaniels before the offseason hit. So he had his yeah. mind made up that he was going to hire Josh McDaniels before the process even started. Mm-hmm. We heard stories about him chasing after Gruden for six to eight years before Gruden finally said yes. I believe it goes back to 2012. He wanted Gruden to coach the Raiders, and finally Gruden said yes in 2018. So this is a different process for Mark Davis where he says, these are his words, that he's got an open, a wide-open thought process when it comes to hiring in the offseason. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Yeah. And I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be important. And and you remember when this all went down, I, I said he needed someone to guide him. I, I said <clears throat> he should hire a president of football operations, let that person hire them. He's not listening to me on that. But, <laughs> but maybe just maybe he's doing it in a different way. Maybe he's got people he's talking to and they weren't the same people that recommended Josh McDaniels. Right. Uh, instead, they're they're more importantly uh, tied in with what's happened in the NFL, and and we haven't talked a lot about it. And I was a little skeptical at first, because uh, but looking more into and asking a couple people that we've had on this show as high level guests and asking them privately, there's a lot of people who believe that Champ Kelly can be a really really phenomenal GM in this league, and so. I think that's the other position we should talk about because I think he was a guy that had been groomed to become a GM. I mean, his time with Chicago, he did some things there and prior to that. So he's he's got, I think, an opportunity here. In fact, I'm almost ready to say that if they're able to finish the season strong, whatever that, however you define that, I would say a winning record over the last nine games if possible or at least respectable that he may end up keeping that job too. Um, Because again, he's there in the building. He's got time now with Mark Davis to earn his trust and to also earn the trust of the organization. Sounds like from what the little the players have spoken about, that this is a group of guys that, that, that trust one another. And he's part of that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see champ Kelly, whether or not it's, it's Antonio Pierce or not, how, depending how things happen on the field, I think, I think champ Kelly might end up getting this job too, Mo. This is not a paid advertisement for The Athletic, but shout out to Sean Reed again because he dropped another nugget about Champ Kelly and his piece, that same piece I talked about with Mark Davis's thought process. He said that Mark Davis, well, he I think he believe he quoted Mark Davis as saying he would have hired Champ Kelly if he hadn't brought in Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels as a package deal. A so package. if he didn't if he didn't go the Patriot way and he just went with, you know, head coach A and, and general manager B from separate organizations, he basically said Champ Kelly would have had the job. So basically Mark Davis said there was no question that Champ Kelly was going to be the interim GM after letting go of Dave Ziegler. So I think you're right in saying that there's a very good chance that Champ Kelly could be the uh, full-time GM, it, you know, barring a disastrous end for their season. Because as Mark Davis said in that piece from Tashawn in The Athletic, he was going to hire Champ Kelly if not Dave Z- if not Jay Ziegler and Josh McGinnis coming in as a package deal. 
Yes. And so so I think th- that'll be interesting to see this this relationship that's forged. Uh, not the buddy-buddy friendship fraternity brothers, as I called Ziegler and McDaniel, but the idea if, if Kelly and Pierce can create something over these next nine weeks that really gets this organization fired up, then uh, that would be something very cool. Um, but it wouldn't be the same as these two guys that came in together. So it, it should be fun to watch, and I think that there's going to be a lot. We'll learn a lot about these guys to the end as well. But we did, I know, I know he didn't earn points by re-signing Brandon Parker. <laughs> right. But he's making moves. I mean, look at the moves. They made sign two linebackers right after the firing. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly they're addressing things and you can see how much it's weird to think about the fact that McDaniels knowing that he, the, the Garoppolo news too, you saw that report that Ziegler did not want it. He thought it was a mistake to sign Garoppolo, but McDaniels wanted him. So he signed him. But what does that say for a GM? He deserved to get fired. If you're letting your coach push you around, in essence, and say, this is the quarterback we need, and you're trusting him with your job, shame on you. So, I, and, I, and I said this on the X, not to cut you off, Scott, but no, it's okay. typically head coaches have short-term vision. I need these players right now to execute my system, my offense, yes. my defense. GMs have to have a long-term vision. How do we build this thing so it's sustainable for three to five years? We can't just think about the now. We have to build this thing so that it can extend beyond the season so we can be not just successful for one year, but successful for three to five years. And if you don't have that back and forth between GM and head coach and it's one-sided, then it's usually not a good operation. Absolutely. And it's weird. This is going to sound weird because one quarterback is not as bad as the other. <laughs> but we did our, our new sports not show called The Not Zone. Uh, it's a live show. And um, my hot take was how bad the signing of Geno Smith was for the Seattle Seahawks. Sh- again, short-term thinking. The Seahawks had, and I compare this to the Raiders just because even though it's different, you 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 Pete Carroll wanted, he thought he could compete, right? And I think the, the Seahawks overall, they got holes, but they're not a bad team. Look where they're at. They're five and three. But you look at them and you're like, Geno Smith? Really? I mean, God bless him for the year he had last year. Don't get me wrong. It was a great story. <laughs> it was nice to see. But all the tra- they could have had the number one pick or number two pick in the draft. They had plenty of draft capital to go up and get it and get their quarterback of the future. And now what happened? Now they're actually in a position where if the 49ers falter, they could actually win the division. As crazy as that sounds, right? But now they can't because their quarterback just throws interceptions. Sounds like Jimmy Garoppolo. So you, you, you're to your point about long-term versus short-term vision. You have to have that long-term vision because that's what it takes to win and to build a consistent winner. I mean, we've seen it with franchises all over the place. So, all right, we're going to take our first break, and then we're going to do something different that we've never done before, and that is um, we are going to be doing a crossover. Yes, a crossover show with our good friend Antoine Staley, of course, is the Jets reporter for the New York Daily News. You know, the Jets, Mo's team. Um, <laughs> we, Mo and I, we, we go off the show and then he puts on a Jets hat and I put on a Chargers hat. For, I know, some of you believe that. So we have fun with it. But anyway, we're going to do a crossover. So you're going to hear us on his show He's gonna, and you're going to hear him on our show. We're going to do one segment, knock it out, because we're efficient MFers. That's why. That's right. Efficiency. We're not we're not throwing picks like Jimmy Garoppolo. We're efficient like he should have been <laughs> with the Raiders offense. All right. So when we come back, we're going to spend some time with Antoine talking Jets and, and Raiders. 
And then we'll be back for our third segment as well, where we'll wrap it up and talk about the game and some of our thoughts moving forward with this Raiders team. Uh, just one segment under. Now we got two more to go. Hang in there. You're with Mo and Scott here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast, and heard on the bet in Las Vegas.